And for the rest of us, Sam opened up uh, the subject of money. I felt it was very powerful last week. Sometimes you can talk about more kind of deeply theological things that seem divorced for life, but I felt talking about money and finance was really touching our hearts and touching into issues sometimes of fear or anxiety. And we said we'd follow it up with a panel, and Sam is going to chair that and invite the panel up to the stage. So, Sam. I'd like to invite the panel up to the stage. Okay, yeah, um, welcome everyone again. Um, So last week we, sorry? Um, Yes, as Nigel said, we're going to have some time today where, so last week we talked quite generally about finance and anxiety, as Nigel said. This week um, it's time for us to get some answers to some actual questions. You'll notice last week I completely avoided saying anything specific. Um, and that was intentional, and it's because I don't know anything specific. So um, instead, we've invited these wonderful people to come and, um, and share um, with us this morning. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be really good. Just before we get going, um, I want us to recognize that a lot of questions that we have about money don't have concrete Um, answers. So some of the things that we hear from the panel might be different. Different members of the panel might have a different opinion on something financial. That's totally fine. Um, It's your job just to work out that it's probably Luke that's wrong um, and probably the others uh, are probably the ones to trust. I'd love to introduce my wonderful panel but that's further down on my notes actually. Um, But Don't worry about it. so yeah, so uh, this morning uh, we want to be um, really financially healthy, don't we? We want to be people who love God with all our money, who are free, um, who can say like that song we sung earlier that's so wonderful says, we've got no other gods but him. This isn't us having a how to get rich quick Sunday morning. It's not us having a how to make money the center of your life and be loaded morning. And it's not a how to, ma- how to make yourself really poor and be really financially irresponsible, obviously, morning. Um, but it's recognizing the Bible has a lot to say to us about money. Um, and so... Um, uh, on the panel, uh, we have Nigel, um, who leads this church, as most of you all know, and is generally excellent. We've got James, who is also generally just excellent. We've got Rosie, who is excellent. Luke, and Ben, who is excellent. And, um, uh, and so if you've got a, pa- a question for a specific member of the panel, or get them to introduce themselves um, in the moment, uh, maybe say why they think they're on this panel, uh, which would be interesting, um, and uh, that would be really good. But feel free to disagree with them. Just don't say so out loud. Um, and um, the way we're going to do the questions is, if you've got a question, it's quite a complex system, so if you're ready, are you ready? If you've got a question, stick your hand up. And I'll come to you with the microphone. That's as complex as it gets. If you've got a question and you'd rather not say it out loud, or you're a bit nervous, you just don't like talking out loud or whatever, um, then you can text me. And my number is going to come up on the screen when I push a button. Ta-da! That's my number. If you don't have it saved in your phone, you should. Um, you should text me. I don't always reply to messages, as those of you who know me will know. Um, but uh, that's my number. Um, I've got my phone here, so I will forward your questions to the panel. If you'd rather not say out, uh, out loud, that's totally um, fine. Um, to get us kicked off, I'm just going to ask the panel very simply if they could say a little bit about themselves and say whether you are naturally a spender or a saver. And then the follow-up question is this. Are you married to a spender or a saver? Okay, so Nige. And then we'll go Nige, James, Rosie, Luke, Ben. Is that good? Hello, I'm Nige. Oh. The mic's working. Hello. Yeah. There we go. Uh, and I've been uh, in church pastoral work for a long, long time. Before that, I was an economist uh, in the city before the Big Bang. Um, so it's been a long time that I've been out of the city, but... 
<laughs> that was in 1980-something, wasn't it, when the stock market went uh, not, not 13 point whatever billion years ago. Um, so I've done some economics a long time ago, and I've been in church ministry. Uh, I think I'm kind of middling, so um, <laughs> I'm not kind of totally averse to spending. I do quite like spending at times, but uh, I don't think I overspend drastically. But I'm married to someone that spends even less, so it uh, depends on your perspective. Hello, I'm James. I've been uh, in this church for a few decades now. Um, uh I'd say that I'm, I think we all like spending and saving. Um, having a family, having a home means that I've had to save, obviously. Um, I think I'm a cautious person with money, and I'm married to someone who's also cautious with money. Hi, I'm Rosie. Uh, I'm a financial journalist. I write for, ooh, who do I write? Who don't I write for? I write for the FT, for the Metro, for the Mail, and the telegraph <laughs> basically anyone will have me and the guardian <laughs> and so i write about what people do with their money i'm also a mum of two so i know quite a lot about actually dealing with money yourself um and i am definitely a saver despite the trip around the world two years ago um but i am married to a spender so you know that works okay uh i'm luke um sam's arch nemesis um uh, I was the youth worker here for four and a half years. I left that to join the civil service, uh, where I uh, where I work at the treasury, which I presume is why somebody decided that I would be uh, a good person to have on here. Um, I am naturally very much a spender, and I am married to a northern skinflint. Um, <laughs> so we uh, we balance each other out very nicely. Ben, um, and uh, I'm, I'm also a civil servant, um, but not at the Treasury, um, uh, Ministry of Defence, and uh, but I have a lot to do with money, uh, and uh, I'm actually a saver, very much actually a saver. Um, uh, I think I'm probably married to someone who's a balance. <laughs> I want a microphone here. Uh, I think that's all I've got to say, I think. Great. Um, do we have any questions immediately from the floor? Otherwise, I've got one. Uh, who would like to say something? No one. Great. In that case, I'll go. And the, basically, um, the way that we'll do most of the questions for the panel is that not all five of you need to say something. Don't, don't feel the pressure. Um, but if a couple of people respond, and if you feel like, oh, I've really got something to say on that issue, um, then you can also respond. But just kind of, you can sort it out amongst yourselves. Is that all right? Kind of use little signals to each other or something uh, if you'd like to have the mic. Um, but here, my first question, really, besides the one that I just asked, um, is how has being a Christian affected your attitude to and your treatment of money? I'm happy to speak first. <laughs> Go for it. Um, I guess sort of, you know, been a Christian long, you know, long, long time and uh, early into uni. And, um, I think one of the sort of things that sticks in my mind with with money and sort of a lot of things I was taught then when talking about income and is that it's it's something that's where as Christians I, I feel that I'm called to be a steward of. It's not wholly mine. 
and that it's something to give to God. And it's, it's, for me, it's less so a much a matter of um, what I can give, but what, what do I keep um, in terms of how I, how I spend that and use that um, and always try and spend it in a way that um, can you know, honor God in, in some capacity. Just very quickly, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much of it is just my personality anyway as opposed to being a Christian, but uh, I've certainly never been interested in just going to, to do a job that would earn loads of money. I've always wanted to do something that, that is more worthwhile uh, rather than following the kind of traditional route that a load of my peers at, at university did of, you know, go to university, go and work in the city, make a shed load of money. Um, so that's never been a personal kind of aim of mine. Um, I would say based on my background and what my parents have done, they've, um, they've been into giving. Uh, so I've grown up in a home where it's all about giving, thinking about the poor and so on. Um, and I think all my life I've constantly, constantly been reminded as to how Christ lived, which was a, a humble way and so on. So um, on one note, I'd say I feel, I feel that we have a duty to, to emulate that. But then um, I guess in a worldly sort of way, people who aren't Christians probably look at us as Christians and think that we need to be humble and uh, hold back on spending and so on. So um, in that sense, there's probably a bit of uh, guilt from non-Christians, if you like, uh, who kind of make you feel guilty that uh, you need to hold back on your spending and, and not live life and not enjoy yourself and maybe not go around the world and things like that, um, <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with doing that, no, but... Um, <laughs> So I think that sort of plays on my mind as well. So you just have to, be, I think that probably adds to me being a bit cautious with money. Uh, I think God makes me less cautious. And just, just if you're on your own, you try and earn some and you've got things to, to spend it on. But with the kind of God dimension, God makes you realize that there's a whole world out there. He's a generous God and he wants you to get caught up in the joy of giving and reflects some of his generosity and as you do that then I found that God arranges to give back to you it's not a kind of exchange if I give a certain amount God will give me that back but as I get caught up and get more free to give it's amazing how God then provides I'd love you to yeah no, I was going to say that yeah, it, it, what I've found is it really gives you a very different perspective on what money's for. I think in the world I work in and in the world where I'm giving advice, it's very clear that for a lot of people the getting of money is just for the getting of money. Um, and so the, perspective, the Christian perspective that says this money could do this and this and this, it helps with a very global perspective as well because you realise just how very much all of us in this room have in terms of money and how much that could be doing somewhere else it's taught me i think to split our money up more into the pots we need the pots we like and the pots that actually don't belong to us and belong to god which um i mean obviously everything does but we've we've, ta we've taught the girls for example that we have we have one savings account which isn't ours at all it's, it's god's um we give from that all the time and it's really helpful for them to see that that money isn't just for for us um it, uh, but it's also taught me about that money means responsibility, that you can't, the, the whole parable of the talent stuff, all, all, the, um, all the stuff says you, you can't just throw away what you've been given. 
you have a responsibility to use it wisely because it, because it could be used so wisely by somebody else. So I, I suppose I get annoyed when I hear Christians saying, well, you know, God will give me more, so I'll just, you know, do this or I'll do that, or I won't think about money. Because I think we've all got a responsibility to use what we're given as effectively and as efficiently as we can as well. I suppose that's my, the other side of being a Christian and working with money. Um, I've had a couple of texts about volume. Um, so if you hold the mic really close to your mouth when you're talking and just uh, speak. Uh, not volume. Uh, yes, what volume of money? Question. Go. Um, does anyone have any questions from the floor? I've got a few on my phone. Great, Rod, I'll come to you. Okay. Um, yeah, sometimes there are situations where uh, it can be a lot harder to receive than it is to give. Um, a few years ago, we, we didn't have any money, and a, and a check came through the front door some somehow, and um, it was very difficult to accept, but we did. Um, also, I just uh, wondered if that was the case um, experienced by um, any, any funds in the church, maybe a large amount that has come through um, in that way, some that maybe happened. I have no problem receiving gifts, so <laughs> it's great, unless they're kind of money laundering or drug dealing, then personally or as a church, bring it on. I mean, I think there's something there about humility, isn't there? You know, and I feel like I've, you know, I've never been poor or impoverished. You know, when Ruth and I were first married, things were really, really tight for for a while, um, and people, some people, really blessed us uh, during that time. Um, and it's having the it's having the right amount of humility to accept other people's generosity, and that can be really that can be really hard. And it's kind of the can be there's, there can be pride on both sides of the of the coin, uh, can't there? Uh, and so having that, that humility in, in everything and all of your experience throughout your life um, is, is really important, I think. I think it's really important to see money as just a thing like the other things we're all given. We're given people's time, we're given their love, we're given their prayers. All of those things are valuable. So if you see being given money as somehow more than being given all those other things, I think that that's wrong we can attach too much importance to it and it can be i think it's easier if you see it is just something some people have more of like some people have more time and some people have more um ability with i don't know i can't cook so i'm always delighted when people people cook for me and things things like that all those things are valuable and so i think it's really important that it's seen just as one of them particularly in a church where we shouldn't be attaching too more importance to money than we need to Great. Glenn? Um, I just want to ask, is any of you guys feel able to think that you can give good financial advice? <laughs> That's a very loaded word, advice, isn't it? Um, I don't have regulatory commission to give advice. That's absolutely right. Um, so, I still, I give it all the time. <laughs> I think I'm able to sit down with people's finances and, and talk them through them on an individual basis, but it takes a lot of time. <laughs> and everybody's views are different. Yeah, I was just going to add, I can only draw on my own experiences and what me and my wife has ex have experienced. And um, I believe that I've been given good advice by my parents. Um, 
to get the necessary things that are required to when you're starting a family and so on and so forth. So I can only draw on that, which I believe is good experience and good advice. Someone said money talks, and it usually says goodbye. Um, I think I could probably help some people a bit, but I'd recommend they go see Yvonne. She's very good at managing household finances and not wasting money. So you probably spend loads of money, maybe you don't need to, or pay too much for things, whatever. Yvonne would be a great help. Um, again, can't give advice per se, but I think on that perspective of advice, it's, um, I think it's more about investing um, investing time with someone and actually being able to sit down with someone and help them understand and answer those questions themselves and come to some of their own conclusion and understanding. Because um, it's one thing for someone to sit there and tell someone, you know, regulatory-wise, you're best off taking this course of action, but if even then you still don't fully understand what that means or how that affects you or, or what it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean a thing. And so it's as much about the process of learning about all how, how, how that all works than necessarily about receiving the advice because then you're empowering yourself to make better decisions. I think humility is really important. And I think we could either find help within this church or recommend you to places like Christians Against Poverty to help. If we're humble enough to say, I've got a problem in this area, I really need help, then I think we would find the help and I think people are really struggling and if you haven't got enough money if the debt is rising that's very painful and very difficult and if you're in that situation and can lay down your pride and say this is an issue in my life I need help then I think that can bring relief and we would we would really help people uh, and advise them or point them to someone that could give them the help they need. Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? If, if you're someone here this morning who actually, this isn't just information or interesting, but you're actually, your finances are just really oppressing you or you feel like you're in a complete mess, it's please do talk to someone. It's, it's such a stigma, isn't it, chatting about money? Um, yeah, I think Glenn's got a follow-up. But a follow-up question? Of the, okay, fine. Oh, we're getting a good queue of questions, so this is good. No, I, I think my finance is okay, but I'm, at my age, I'm getting to a position where I'm going to need really good financial advice, and that's, that's where I'm coming from. And, and what you guys said, it was, it's, it's lovely, because it's good to be able to sit down and advise people and all that sort of stuff. But I'm going to need some real good professional advice fairly soon, and that's where I was go going. And, go and get so it. Just reti <laughs> retirement planning. Hmm? Retirement planning? I mean, I'd, I'd whisper to Rosie, just just go and get some. I'm sure that Rosie would know better than anyone kind of who maybe there is that, that we know. But you're absolutely right. It's important that we take this stuff seriously. Um, and it doesn't just mean that it's only in crisis management that we take our money seriously, but uh, the, the whole time that we have a responsible attitude. So do go and get advice and, and do go and you know, pay for it because it will actually be more worthwhile. Yeah, if you need to know where to find regulated financial advisors or you need somebody recommended to you, that, that I can do. So do come and ask me. Yes, I've got something to say, actually, because whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, um, finance is a very serious problem today. But I would like to say this to the panel. If you can't pay, I'll take it away. 
Justin, you had a question. Yeah. Um, you're, uh, <laughs> you're walking down Sydenham High Street. Ahead of you, you can see someone sitting on the pavement. As you walk past them, they say, excuse me, can you give me 10 pounds? What do you do? Um, well, I do walk down Sydenham High Street and I do um, grapple with this issue uh, and usually I don't give them the £10. Um, so that makes me a really bad Christian. Uh, I think the reason would be that it's more than likely to be spent on drink or drugs. Um, and so... The, the other issue I would have is time. So what I would like to do is offer to take them for a coffee and a sandwich. Um, and I, if I haven't got the time, I probably would just pass by, which makes me feel bad. But I also am aware that there's loads of excellent projects so people are in genuine need and want help. Uh, not only the food bank, but there's loads of projects in Lewisham uh, that would help people. Yeah, I think you also have to uh, lean on discernment, really. Um, and if you can, in that split second, weigh up. Um, if you're familiar with your surroundings, you may be able to tell if the money is going to be used on drink and drugs, like Nigel's saying, or not. Um, I like to think that I'm quite discerning and quite wise when it comes to those sort of things, so I can spot whether someone is that way inclined or not, more often than not. Um, my wife, has, she should have probably been sitting here and said, because she's encountered that, and uh, she uh, offered to buy someone food, and they were quite fussy over the sort of food they, wanna, they wanted. So that can be quite a deterrent in terms of uh, offering help. And she also offered help in terms of um, she uh, tried to get them shelter, but then uh, that was quite a tedious process. Um, I'm not too familiar with how the shelter homes work, but from her explanation... It sounded too long-winded, yeah. So you see someone out on the street, you're trying to help them. It takes about two days to get them into the shelter home. She didn't have time for that. She was pregnant and unwell. So I, I don't know if that's answering the question, but that's just giving a different perspective. I think sometimes we're called to be generous without judging. So sometimes I might just think, actually someone is at that stage where they they need to ask is it up to me to look them up and down and say are you going to spend this on drink and drugs because really I'm no judge and frankly if I was their physician I probably might want to as well so sometimes I do just give them money uh, not always um, because I think sometimes it's it's okay just to give without knowing exactly somebody's life story behind it just because we're called to be generous whether or not we know what's going to happen to the cash. Does that make sense? Um, personally, I think I uh, tend to fall into the camp with, with uh, Nigel. Um, and, it, and it's not, not simply with the on, on the street, like will you give charities also, you know, will you give to someone homeless? Um, uh, but also... In, in other aspects of other charities on the streets and ones that come to your door that 
Um, that sounds really bad, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, but I think it's more more a matter of um, making sure that when you give money, you're giving giving it purposefully and not giving it ad hoc, and you're investing it quite deliberately and um, with it sort of with with intention that this is what it's going to be used for. And if you're making that one decision, you can give money to that one person. The next person you meet, you also give that. And before you know it, you've given ad hocly to half dozen people. And is that is the volume of money there? Will that have actually been used in the best possible way? Could you have given all of that to a homeless charity, and they might have managed to use that in a very different way? And you know, start, had a support worker who could go on the streets and help those people and help them get into shelters. So sort of money can be used in very different ways. And one person on their own, can they use it? best? Are they empowered to use it best? Um, and I think with all my giving, yeah, all I give, I'm giving for charity, it's, it's about try, trying to give it in the most powerful way possible. I just wanted to say there's an app you can get on your phone called Streetlink, and you can report somebody that's homeless and they'll come and uh, support them. And you can also donate and you know that it's going into homeless charities. Any more questions? Yes. Um, hi. Uh, I'm not local, but I, I think this uh, is something which uh, covers the country. I would say that gambling is increasingly a thread in our national life. So it's associated with professional sport. Um, it's advertised increasingly on TV. The national lottery has been something which has been part of our life now for a long time. Uh, and I'm sure most of us in certain ways will have benefited from grants from the National Lottery. So uh, I would just be interested to hear the panel's attitude, their view as Christians, their response to, to that whole aspect of what goes on in our country. Uh, I sit in an awkward place of being... I'm pro, I'm pro National Lottery and against virtually every other form of gambling uh, in, in a way, which seems funny. I think that loads of national lottery money does go to really, does go to really good causes. Um, the problem with it is when people with gambling addictions can get involved and can play a, a, wide you know, a whole variety of things, which include the national lottery. Um, so on the one hand, you, know, you, you, you don't close down pubs because some people are alcoholic. Um, but some people could be in danger of, of being taken advantage of through the National Lottery. Gambling more widely, I have a massive problem, or that problem with. I have a massive issue with the number of gambling shops there are constantly on the street. I have a massive issue with the fact that I see people at my rugby club regularly blowing loads of money when they're betting on horses, sports results, whatever. And I think that most of the time, it's a, a, hor a horrific waste of money. And, that, and I don't think it's something that, as Christians, we should be even slightly engaged with. I do sit a bit on the fence in the lottery, and that's a discussion that Ruth and I have had <laughs> quite a lot um, over the years, because I know some of its money does go to what we would consider good causes, but most gambling I'm, I'm not in favour of uh, in the slightest. With regards to uh, receiving funding from the National Lottery, I think it's, um, it's quite a difficult one, because it depends how deep you want to delve into, into morality. Um, I know a lot of people, me personally, I feel that it's not just the National Lottery who you may question their morality in terms of 
for where the money's coming from and, and, and so on. Probably question most Western companies. Um, I think, if I'm honest, I think most Westernized companies have corruption in somewhere or another to have got to where they are. So, as I said, it depends how deep you want to delve. Do you want to deep delve deep five years, 20 years, 100 years, and so on and so forth. So, most of the companies are built on some sort of corruption and morality. So, I'm not saying that that makes it right. I'm just saying it kind of dealt, depends how far you want to look into it, really. How many of you hold premium bonds? Yeah, well, that's gambling too. <laughs> but it's, it seems pretty safe, doesn't it? Government backed banking is all fine. That's the business of a servant. Um, I think we probably ought to ask why people are gambling. I think that's the really important thing. We have a massive problem in this country with something called fixed odds betting terminals. Do you know about those? You're only allowed a certain number per gambling shop in the country, which is a pathetic attempt at regulation, which means that there are, as Luke said, three branches of Paddy Power within, you know, that far from each other. People can blow thousands of pounds in minutes on these terminals, and that is appalling, and the regulation of that in this country is horrendously light. So I think we should be looking at what hole is being filled by gambling for people, because it's a, a misunderstanding of odds in a lot of cases, a misunderstanding of what they can lose, and an addiction that suggests there's just not very much else meaningful in their lives. So I think that is a, a massive issue, but it can't be addressed. I don't think the national lottery is a bit of a red herring when you're trying to address something as big as that. I think gambling's a massive problem. I've had friends over the years, one guy who was in his late 40s, still living at home with his mum. I know that's kind of getting more common these days, but uh, it's because he'd blown, he'd, he'd worked for 25 years, but he'd blown most of that spare money on gambling. He didn't have an alternative. He couldn't rent or buy somewhere. That's really sad. Another friend that I was the executor for, uh, who became a Christian quite late in life, uh, in his 60s, uh, and his wife died, and then he he moved and downsized into retirement place, and I thought that was a very sensible, wise move. What I didn't realize is the reason he'd done that is because of his gambling issues. He kept them hidden, and he got involved in some dodgy kind of money laundering stuff as well, which was all very sad. And then when he died, I was going through his flats with his nieces, and we found this document saying he'd only bought a lifetime's interest in the retirement flat, so there was nothing to inherit and he'd gone from a, a good flat to only buying a lifetime lease interest because of gambling. Uh, and lots of people suffer. It's a massive problem that's exacerbated on the internet. And anything you can do to help with that would be wonderful. Um, something that Jesus said is, uh, where your money is, there your heart is. Or where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, what do you guys think of that? And particularly, what do you think about it? For some of us, we'll be thinking about, like, um, buying houses or s s kind of getting, s like we talked earlier about retirement and savings. Um, surely when you do those things, you're storing up treasure on earth. <laughs> um, so how do we kind of balance saving responsibly or buying houses or whatever with I don't want to store up treasure or where my money is, there my heart is. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm, <clears throat> I'm really uh, becoming more and more passionate about this and passionate about knowing where my money goes and what it does, uh, I just switched current account to a bank called Triodos, who uh, are an ethical bank, and they only invest in sustainable 
um, uh, ethical businesses, and yet their business model is not slightly investment banking, it's all lending to sustainable business, and that's how they make their money. Some, someone else like Nationwide, for example, a building society, um, therefore their money doesn't come from investment banking, it only comes from lending for mortgages and things like that. Um, so I've switched my current account from the Royal Bank of Scotland, boo, to uh, Triodos. Uh, I'm looking at switching um, some of my other financial products away from RBS as well, although I'm keeping my credit card there at the moment because I'm not using it and it's actually a dead weight on their balance sheet, but that's a different story. Um, so they're having to hold money against that and I'm not doing anything with it. Um, I just think it's really important and it's something that we're thinking about more and more is like, what does my money go towards? Like we, and so often I would, I would encourage everyone to shop around and to look for like the best deal. If, you're, if you haven't switched provider on anything for a while, as, like, as Rosie will say, you're getting ripped off massively. So have a look around, shop around. There are loads of things out there. For a while I ran the current account switching service um, excellent thing, do it, it's so easy but don't just look at the bottom line for yourself as well, don't just I pay £3 a month for my current account, which I didn't before but it goes to something important, £3 a month, what's that? It's nothing um, don't just look at the bottom line, look at the best combination for you, and this is for everyone to determine for themselves, what's the bottom line for you, where you can balance where my money comes from or where it's going what it's being invested in and how much I can, how much I can afford, and kind of the margins that, that I have, uh, I'm I'm really passionate about it. It's something I need to fix more and more in my life because we in the West have great potential with the vast amount of capital that we have. Not everyone, not everyone has money to save or spend. You know that that is a different story. But if you do, you have even more responsibility than anyone else to look after it well, to steward it well, to invest it wisely, sustainably, responsibly. Uh, and if you're not doing that, then you're not stewarding part of what God's given you. Uh, well, so I'm going to step back off my soapbox, but it's really important. Um, I think one, one of the bits there is about, you know, sort of going back to the storing, storing up of treasures and things, and sort of all, all of us, you know, need, 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 need to live and exist here on earth, and if we, for, for me, um, uh, actually doing things like uh, putting money into pensions and savings and planning for the future is uh, you know, the financial responsible thing to do. That's not to say I'm not going to rely on God and, and work with God on that and respond to God and how I then live in the future for that. But if I did none of that, then is that me saying, saying God, you, you owe it to me to sort me out in the future? And to me, I, I'm, I'm thinking, well, he's given it to me and empowered me to sort it out now rather than him fixing it for me because I didn't do anything in the future. It's not to say he's not going to do that for other people, but sort of when he gives provision, it's down to us to use that response and be good stewards of that and put some aside for the future. And it might be that actually, you know, in X million years when I retire and have a pension and there's a tax-free lump sum that actually he's going to put it on my heart to give that away to a cause to help someone buy their home or, or something, for something like that. Actually, he's got a plan for that as well. And actually, even in retirement... Um, and I'll be having an income from that. He'll be wanting me to, instead of me having to work until I'm 95, um, uh, actually it'll be about me potentially being able to use my time to do that, but me still being able to live and buy food and actually have a place to live. And that comes down to the, the mortgage and the house and things like that. If you, aren't if you aren't paying mortgage, then you're paying, someone's, you're paying rent to a landlord who's potentially just earning money off property they have. And that's not wrong, but if you're in a position to be able to buy a place and invest in something for you, that's an asset 
to you an asset to the kingdom. That's, yeah, does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll just add to that. Um, following on from that, I think, uh, especially as a parent, um, we have a responsibility to look after our, our little ones, so to speak. And that's not just uh, through emotions and affection and so on. It's also through finance. So um, for me and my missus, I'll say we're, we're already thinking ahead for our kids so that uh, they'll have a financial blanket, if you like, um, when they grow up and so on. So I feel that, like, like you're saying, that we, we have a responsibility to, to handle that money properly. Just to, to say, <coughs> um, I think if you're stashing it away for yourself, just completely selfishly, that's obviously an issue. I had an aunt, and she owned more than one outfit for every day of the year. Um, it's packed away in these wardrobes. Her son, my cousin, his wife, haven't got any children. They've got uh, about an eight-bedroom house with two kitchens and five toilets or whatever and they spend all their time and money on this property and that's a real problem but if you, you need a, a house you need a flat to live in that's not an issue but if you're consumed with it and you're prioritizing that then that is a real problem oh yeah i think it's already been picked up on slightly but how do you um reconcile the verse that sam gave um about not leaving treasures on heaven i'm um, sorry on earth <laughs> um with leaving an inheritance for your children or for it doesn't have to be your children for anybody else so how do you reconcile those that verse with also leaving an inheritance yeah, i would say it's not 100 percent, and uh, the bible talks about the idea of tithing it can be more complex than that it gives you the idea of 10 percent, and i think uh, it's good to give to god first so if we're talking about getting our home or whatever uh, if we think I might give something to God if there's anything left at the end of the day. I think that's an issue. But if we give some money to God first, then we've got the other 90% to work with. Uh, I think that's okay. So as long as you're being generous to God and investing in God's kingdom and giving the money, then he expects you to be responsible with the rest for your own needs and for the needs of your family and children. I mean, there's been so many questions coming through, and I'm aware probably all of us have a lot more. Um, I feel really sad how quickly the time has gone. I don't know if anyone else does. Um, there's a lot coming on about uh, giving and about saving and about retirement and about all sorts and um, tithing and all this kind of stuff. Um, just before, because we do need to close um, very soon, and uh, is it okay to say that the panel might be around for two minutes afterwards? Um, just two minutes. Um, <laughs> but do please grab one of them afterwards, or if you need prayer for something, just come and get prayer at the end. If there's an issue that's on your mind or you'd like some advice on, don't come to me. But if you'd like prayer, come to me. That's fine. I can do that because Jesus has to do it. Um, my last question for you is, if you, for each of you, um, if you think there's one really important principle when it comes to finances and the kingdom of God and living as a Christian that you would want people in here not to leave without what would it be? So what's the kind of, yeah, something that you just feel like, wow, I really want people to get this? Uh, I had a friend who used to be a member of this church, and he said years ago that he suffered from G-O-D, generosity uh, overestimation disorder. Uh, and he thought he was much more generous than he actually was. And then he looked at 
what he gave actually, and I think he was he thought he gave twice as much as he actually did. And so I, I would say it's important to give to God. It's important to get caught up with God's generosity and do keep an eye on your giving. And the idea of tithing is really simple. I can, most people can work out 10%, and that's a good guideline. Um, I would say, uh, just to keep it really brief, uh, be wise and mature with your money. Um, I feel that you need to be, there's maturity is essential and wisdom is essential um, in both giving and spending. Um, I feel that you can, dare I say, overgive. If, uh, so for example, you could be giving so much away to charity that your own family suffer as a, as a result, which I don't feel is correct at all. Um, so uh, yeah, be wise and be mature. Okay, I suppose I feel quite strongly that it's not, it's not unholy to be sensible with money. I suppose I so many people who are like, oh, I don't deal with money. I'm, I'm, I'm a God person or I'm a big picture person or I'm, I, I meet very intelligent, very sorted people who don't understand how their bank account works all the time. Like Lucas said, if you, if you are not sorting out your money and spending time working out how it works, then a lot of that money is being completely wasted. It's going into the pockets, not of people who can use it. It's, it's not like it goes back into some lovely charity fund. It goes to utility companies, which are paying too much energy price, so they can build more power stations. It goes to lots of banks where they pay off bo big bonuses for people. It doesn't go to the kingdom. If you wanted to go to the kingdom, it's up to you to sort out how your finances work so that you've got left over to give to the kingdom. So I think it's on all of us to make what we have work as hard as it can and spend time on it. And if we don't understand it, ask people who do understand it so that whatever situation we're in, we can use what we've got as best we can. I wouldn't dare to mansplain over that, only to say that really do look at where exactly your money goes don't, and who is using it and for what and make sure that it's ticking all of the boxes that it can in terms of benefiting the world, the kingdom, like all of God's children across the world and the world that he's made. We are stewards and it's really important to do that. Um, I think money is one of the more most sort of portable resources that God blesses us with. Um, he blesses us with lots of things and uh, money is, a, is, is something we use that we're, I feel, we're called to be stewards of and to, to use really wisely and to um, try and use, use in his kingdom. And in terms of where you know, God has, you know, blesses us with you know, enough, enough to give back in, into, the, into the church that we, you know, we give first of that we don't leave it till what's left at the end of the month um, we work out what we give at the very beginning um, at the beginning of the month when the pay packets come in decide this is what I'm going to give to the this is what I'm going to give to the charities to the church to Christian causes that um, I can see see connect with and, and see, see the, you know, the, the action with um, and and then after that uh, you know living you know li living on the on the rest um, but connecting with what um, uh, said that you know, it's not that shouldn't be too uh, too a deficit that you then suffer because of that giving. Nigel's leading through me. <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't that incredible? Can we thank our panel so much? Um, such useful. Um, and we want our finances to be. Um, in an attitude of worship. So we're going to finish together by singing another song of worship and dedication to Jesus. 
um, and uh, Dion's going to lead us in that. So why don't we stand, I'll pray for us, and then we can sing. Let's pray together. Um, Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you that everything we experience is just your generosity, is your goodness, is your abundance. And Lord, thank you that, um, that you, do, you don't just entrust us with, with time and with all like our relationships and everything like that, but you also choose to entrust us with money, with that great responsibility um, of finance and how we handle our finances. And Lord, we want to be people who worship you with our finances. And we want to be people who look to you with our finances as well, um, who don't trust in money, but trust you and use money. And so, Lord, I pray for a real financial freedom for us as a church and for everyone in this room right now. We pray for financial freedom. We pray for where there are people in debt or struggling with um, payments that have to go out and who aren't managing to make ends meet. We pray for freedom for those people. Pray for people who are struggling with anxiety around money, that there be freedom there. Pray for people in this room who struggle just with being content with money. And we pray for freedom from that, freedom from the desire just to always have more. And Lord, we want to be people that other people look at and think, wow, the way that they do that part of their lives is different. These are a free people. These are a people living for something else, living for another kingdom. So we look to you, Lord Jesus. Would you be the Lord of every part of our lives? Would you be the Lord of our finances as a church and as individuals? We just give it to you, Lord Jesus. Amen.